This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at standupforthetruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a great podcast today. Can't wait to talk about Islam, about what the Quran says, Contrast that with what the Bible says with today's special guest, Usama Dakduk, founder of the Straight Way of Grace Ministry. He's a speaker on the daily radio broadcast, revealing the truth about Islam, and he speaks fluent Arabic and has translated the Quran into English. Wow. He's also the author of Exposing the Truth About the Quran and Exposing the Truth About Jihad. We had him on about a month or so ago, maybe less. We uh, talked about what was happening in our nation's capital at that time when hundreds of Muslims went to Washington, D.C. and took part in meetings with U.S. congressmen called Muslim Advocacy Days. We'll post that podcast with Usama that we did and talked about that. We'll post that in today's StandUpForTheTruth.com blog. Usama, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. Hello, Brother David. Good to be with you, and greetings to you and all your wonderful audience in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, praise God, and it's good to have you back on the podcast, and we've been trying to connect in person, and Lord willing, um, one of these times when you come to Wisconsin, we'll have you in studio. Well, um, be pretty simple. All what you need to do is just buy me a house, <laughs> a small house, you know, four or five thousand square foot, and I will be there. <laughs> Well, that's easy. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Hey, by the way, you just spoke in Antigo uh, yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. You did an event, uh, and 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 uh, well, how did that go? Actually, uh, we, it, it, I'm sure uh, you had a good message there. What what did you talk about? We uh, talked about uh, uh, Islamophobia, fact or fiction, and we also have some uh, good music, uh, uh, bluegrass music. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, next time we'll have one near you. Yeah, uh, we would look forward to that. And by the way, last Friday, um, we had in studio someone that you know, Justin Peters, and also uh, Pastor, um, oh gosh, Jerry Zepnik. I have one, wonderful friends. I love them in the Lord, and they're doing a great job. And I have not seen Justin for quite some time, but we have did a great ministry together for quite some years. God is good. That's great. It was it was really funny that they when they when they, your name came up and I said we were going to re- do do this podcast and they said uh, hey we know Usama of course and yeah. I guess Pastor Jerry who's been down to Missouri at your house right? I believe so. We had we had the you know the time flies. Believe it or not, I, I was saying <laughs> two years ago, maybe actually five or six years ago. Wow. Last time I, I met with him, but uh, God is good. God is good. Yes, God indeed. is good. All right. Well. Before we get into the topics today and contrasting what the Quran really teaches compared to Scripture, um, you mentioned to me um, there's a new festival, not the the one we previously talked about. It wasn't a festival. It was Muslim Advocacy Days last time. But a festival just took place recently. And mm-hmm. uh, w- first of all, what what's the festival called, the Muslim festival? And can you describe a little bit about it? Sure, it is called in the Arabic language Eid al-Adha. Uh, the word Adha is a sacrifice, so it is the festival of sacrificing. And uh, obviously, uh, Muslims have been doing that um, for the last 1400 years, as Muhammad uh, describes that uh, great uh, sacrifice which they do every year 
And uh, of course, they come every year earlier because they do not follow our calendar. They uh, follow the lunar calendar. And uh, that is where you see Muslims all over the world, even here in America, uh, offering sacrifices. Years ago, we used to talk about it. And now because of political correctness, you will not hear too much about it. You see Muslims sacrificing animals in the streets or in the top of the roof or in their uh, past up. I'm talking about real sacrifice, a little bit barbaric way, not like what American people used to or how the American people are living today. You don't see people even kill chickens in, in, in the streets, but these uh, people offer whatever animals they can offer to, uh, to continue to celebrate that sacrifice as Muhammad and Allah taught them. So this is, this is a yearly sacrifice, and so why is it, is it instructed in one of the uh, Muslim holy books? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> it is amazing. Think about it. They do it uh, because of tradition, but I could not find a verse in the Quran uh, where Allah said, kill an animal uh, on that specific day. Uh, you can see in the Quran the fasting of Ramadan, which normally comes before the Adhabat. Uh, for that sacrifice, they're doing because they just do it. Now, do we have any verses in the Quran to support that idea of the sacrifice as where the, or, or it's originated? Yes, we do. And that's obviously what is written in Quran chapter 37, which is the book is known the uh, assemb assembled ranks. And uh, there we read the story about Abraham sacrificing his son, and I say clearly, his son, we do not know who is that son until you get to the end of the story. And that is verses 100 to verse 113. So in these 13 verses, we read about the story, which is, once again, like always is in the case of the Quran, copying biblical accounts and change its details. And you lose so much of the information as you read in the Quran. So if you read any story in the Quran, not just this story, but any story, if it's about creation, if it's about Adam and Eve, Eve is not mentioned in the Quran, the Adam and his wife, or if you talk about Noah or uh, Abraham or uh, David or Solomon or Isa, meaning they claim to be Jesus, none of the stories which is repeated over and over in the Quran is even closer to that which is written in the true biblical account. So that is when Muslims come up with the idea of offering a sacrifice in that festival every year. So they're honoring Allah. And now here's an interesting thought. Is it Ishmael or Isaac? Because in Genesis 22, Abraham offered Isaac up. And of course, God provided the ram instead of having Abraham go through with it. So wh how, what do they teach in the Quran? Is it, is it Ishmael That's or Isaac? Very good question. Very good question. You know, here is, uh, let me read to you what Allah said in the Quran. The answer by reading Allah's words. Uh, Muslims for sure all over the world claim, and you know for sure, 100% it is Ishmael. And if you ask why, they don't know why, but here is the word of Allah. In Quran chapter 57, in verse 100, we read, My Lord, grant me from the good. Who is speaking here? That's Abraham. What he is talking about, he's praying to Allah that Allah gave him a son. So we gave him the good news of a forbearing young man forbearing young man, a kind young man, a calm young man. Do me a favor, open your, your Genesis account, and let us see what did the Bible say about Ishmael. Genesis uh, chapter 16, okay. uh, verses 11 and 12. If you can uh, bless me by reading these two verses, that maybe give us an idea to what is this forbearing young man. Could sure. this be Ishmael? Sure. 
Well, I, verse 10, obviously, the angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will be mm-hmm. too many to count. And verse 11 says, the angel of the Lord said to her further, behold, you are pregnant and you will give birth to a son and you shall name him Ishmael because mm-hmm. the Lord has heard mm-hmm. your affliction. But, mm-hmm. verse 12, he will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand <laughs> will be against everyone and everyone's hand will be against him and okay, he will we'll, live in defiance of his brothers. Sure, sure. So he's going to be living among his brothers, not far away from them. Which brothers? Uh, we're talking about uh, Jacob and the descendants of Jacob, and so on with the rest of the existence of this tribe of people. Now, a wild donkey is not a, a calm young man, <laughs> it's not a forbearing young man. So here's just a flag, one of these flags we're going to be sharing tonight uh, in, in this uh, broadcast to see here is. Now, now we know it's not Muhammad in the Quran is not talking about Ishmael. But let's continue. So when he came to the age of walking with him, that is the boy, grow up now to be able to walk with his daddy, which is Abraham. He said, my son, Abraham is speaking to his son. So far we do not know who is the son. Surely I see in my sleep that I am slaughtering you. In my sleep, it means what? It means it's a dream. So Abraham is telling his son, whoever this son is, I was dreaming, I am slaughtering you. I am beheading you. See, so see what you see. Tell me what to do about it, son. He said, who is here? Here is the boy, the son of Abraham. Oh, my father, do what you are commanded. You will find me among the patient, if Allah wills. What a weird answer. If, of course, if, 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 you took, if you take logic and you... Think about the story. A father is telling his son, I see in my dream, in my sleep, that I'm slaughtering you. What the son would say, Dad, are you out of your mind? It's just a stupid dream. Let it go. Yeah. It's just a dream. No, 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 no. That's not what Allah says in the Quran. He said, go ahead, do whatever you do, and you find me patient. Wow. When we read the true biblical account in Genesis 22, you see a huge difference between this lies and what is written about. But let's continue. So when they surrounded and he had laid him down on his jabini, on his side. So we called him, oh, Abraham, indeed, you have believed the vision. Excuse me, what? You have believed the vision. Was it a vision or was it a dream? It huh. is a contradiction. Not only the Quran contradicts the Bible, but the Quran contradicts the Quran. Yeah. And previously, he said, I see in my dream. It means he's sleeping and he's saying a dream. Okay. Now he said, you have believed the vision. It was not a vision. As a matter of fact, the biblical account, it was not neither a vision or dream, but because God was speaking utterly, like I'm talking to you right now. And that's how God spoke to him. Likewise, continue with verse 106. We surely reward the doers of good. I'm sorry, 105. Verse 106, surely this is a clear trial. And we redeemed him. Excuse me, what? 107, Allah said in the Quran, we redeemed him. With a great sacrifice. I thought in Islam there is no redemption. Nobody can save anybody. There is no salvation in any way, shape, or form. But Allah in that verse said, We redeemed him, meaning the son of Abraham, which we don't so far don't know who is he, with a great sacrifice. A great sacrifice is an amazing statement. Why? Because a great sacrifice, that is one of the names of Allah. He is the great. A great sacrifice. We're going to get to this, obviously, when we look at the Genesis account, the true story, the true biblical account. Right. And we lift him among the others. Verse 109, peace be on Abraham, 
verse 110, likewise we reward the doers of good. Surely he is of our believing servant, one to up, listen carefully, and we gave him the good news of Isaac, a prophet among the good. So who Allah was talking about? Well, have to be Isaac. Isaac. He did not he did not mention Ishmael in the story. He simply mentioned Isaac. So who Allah was talking about from verse 100 to verse 113, obviously it is Isaac, no Ishmael. And what is so amazing, and Muslims, Muslims do not know that, if you go to Muslim scholar's interpretation, for example, Al-Tabri, he will tell you, the sacrifice of the son Isaac. And then a little bit later, a little bit later, Al-Tabri, uh, uh, and same thing with Ibn Kathir, all Muslim scholars said the same thing. A little bit later, he will tell you, hmm, uh, scholars disagree, interpreters disagree. Some believe it was Isaac, some believe it was Ishmael. Why scholars disagree? Because they want to squeeze Ishmael in the story. Right. And I'm sorry to tell the Muslim believers, I'm, even if it was Ishmael, this will not help you at all. Why? Because Ishmael has nothing to do with the Arabs. Believe it or not, all the people in the Muslim world, 1.7 billion, believe that Muhammad is the descendant of Ishmael. And if you ask, what is your evidence? It's because Allah said so. We do not see a verse in the Quran say that. As a matter of fact, when you read the stories of the Quran about Abraham and the sons of Abraham, Ishmael and Isaac, you have no clue. Who are they? Huh. You may assume that they're the children of the same mama because neither Sarah or Hagar is written there in the Quran. So it is a, it's, it's, it's ambiguous story, ambiguous subject, and nobody knows what it is. Now, now let me prove to you, let me prove to you that Muhammad have no ties or Arab have no ties whatsoever uh, with Ishmael. First of all, I'm going to ask the Muslim believers, do you know who is Muhammad's daddy? Who is Muhammad's father? Everybody, it was Abdullah. It was Abdullah. He's the son of Abdullah. Ibn, the son of Abdul Muttalib. Excuse me. Says who? Because when I study your history, when I study the bibliography of Muhammad by Ibn Isaac or Ibn Hisham, I found that, that Abdullah died four years before Muhammad was born. Oh, that's why Muslims believe a mama can be pregnant. Four, five, or some actually believe 10 years. Imagine with me. In Islam, a woman can be pregnant according to the word of Allah in the Quran and according to the interpretation of the Quran by Muslim scholars, a woman can be pregnant four, five, or even 10 years. And no, no kidding, this is the Sharia of Islam. That's how we see it is practiced in Egypt. Just recently, there was a, uh, a mufti in Egypt uh, a few years ago, a man was traveling and he went to Saudi Arabia to work and he was not near his wife, not even with a hundred miles. Okay, Saudi Arabia is far from Egypt. And he came back to Egypt because his family gave him an, an emergency call. You better come home. So when he got home, he found out his wife, she's given a birth to a son. He went to talk to the Mufti of Egypt, explaining to him, I have not been with my wife for three years. And he said, according to Sharia, according to Islamic law, he is your son. Can you imagine that with me? Why? Because wow. in Islam, a woman can be pregnant four years or even up to 10 years, as I said earlier. So if Muslims do not know, obviously that does not make any, that, there's no logic here. Yeah. does not make any sense. So if Muslims do not know who is Muhammad's daddy, how in the world they can tie him to Ishmael? But let me prove to you with whatever time we have here, uh, and I know you're going to stop me for the break, so feel free to stop yep. me. Four minutes uh, left. Let's I'm sorry? Four minutes left. Good, good, good. Let's yeah. go to Genesis chapter 25. Okay. And uh, in, in Genesis chapter 25, 
We learn about a character Muslims have no clue who is she. They have no clue. I say again, Muslims have no idea who is that woman. Her name is Katura. So read to me verse 1, just verse 1 in Genesis 25. Okay. Now Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. And now between verses 2 and 5, we give you the names of the children. It's hard to pronounce. So that's why we skip it. And we're going to skip it today, not because I don't want to read them. I can read them. Zamran, Yakshan, Madan, Median, Yashbak, Shuha. I can read all these names. But that's a, it would take us for a longer study. We need another hour for that subject alone. Yeah. But we can tie these names actually to some Arab country. But where did they live? Do me a favor, read verse 6. What did the Holy Scripture, the Bible said in verse 6? Um, to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts while he was still living and sent them away. Uh, from his son Isaac, eastward to the land of the east. Oh, the land of the east. Do you know what is the land of the east? That is the Saudi Arabia Peninsula. Job used to live in the land of the east, and one of Job's friends, his name is Shoha. That is the last name we'll read in verse 2 of this passage, Genesis chapter 25. So, Arabs live in the land of the east. Where did Ishmael live, as we mentioned a little bit earlier in Genesis uh, 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 chapter uh, uh, 16 and verse 12, among his brother, not south of his brother, but among his brother. I'm going to prove this to you in a minute here. Wow. Now, where is the Ishmaelite? Were, 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 uh, uh, by the way, if you go to verse 9, verse 9, you see that Ishmael and Isaac were there together to bury their father Abraham when he died. Read verse 9, go ahead, read verses 8 and 9, if you don't mind. 8 and 9, in Genesis chapter 25, Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man and satisfied with life, and he was gathered to his people. Then his sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah, in the okay, field of that's Ephraim. Good, that's good, appreciate you. So, Ishmael was involved with Isaac to bury Abraham. That means Ishmael was living in Mecca? Interesting, yeah. It would take, what, four days to somebody go down, hey, your daddy died, come back to bury No, 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 no. Abraham was buried in the same day. Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the same day. And everybody died buried in the same day. They don't wait for a week or a month. It does not happen that way. Okay? So, Ishmael and Isaac buried their daddy. Ishmael were living near Isaac. But the Arab, where Muhammad came from, they're already far in the land of the east. Now, do me a favor, let's read, um, say... Verse 13. Verse 13 says, And these are the names of the sons of Ishmael by their names in order of their birth. And then right. it's... And then you get to a bunch of hard names yep. you cannot pronounce. <laughs> Most people just skip them. And I will skip them myself. At the age of uh, 37, uh, Ishmael died. And where does his children live? Read for me verse 18, please. 18, they settled from Havilah to Shur, which is east of of Egypt going toward Assyria. Oh, keep going? He settled in defiance of all his relatives. Oh, so the Bible is true. Ishmael was not living in Saudi Arabia, but Ishmael lived between Havilah and Assyria. That is north. And we've got plenty of evidence in the Bible to prove that that's where the Ishmaelites live. They have an Egyptian mama, her name is Hagar, and they have an Arab uh, not an Arab, a, a Jewish daddy, his name is Abraham, and they live with Isaac, the, the, the brothers up north, and that's where they live. And by the way, if you go to Joseph's story, for example, they went to Egypt, taking Joseph with them to be sold in Egypt. Why? Because they're going to grandma. 
or great grandma uh, families, all the Egyptians whom, as Wababu said, Hagar took Ishmael, went back to Egypt after she got lost in Beersheba, and she married him, a wife from Egypt. So obviously, Egyptians and Ishmaelites, there's ties, but there is no Arabs and Ishmaelites. Ishmaelites is one nation and Arabs is a separate nation. But why did Muhammad made up the story uh, that he is descended to Ishmael? Because he wanted to tie himself to Abraham. And he did not know that he is truly tied to Abraham, but through Keturah, not Ishmael. Right. So hey. we will, uh, I know we're going to we'll run out of time here. We'll take a break. Yep, Hopefully we've got a break already. Usama, this is sure. fascinating and this is so good. Pointing out what the Quran teaches is in Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You know, we're so familiar with that, but we don't know. We don't really talk a lot about Ishmael as much, but let's do that more when we come back today. Our guest, Usama Dakdok, his website is thestraightway.org. Coming up in just a minute, we'll talk about more. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. All right, welcome back, friends. We are blessed to have Usama Dakdok from the Straight Way of Grace Ministry. And by the way, he's going to be in Mississippi and Louisiana in October. So for those of you in that area, you can find out where he's going to be. It's on his website. And um, Usama, so we've been talking about some fascinating information and contrasts regarding Ishmael. And so now I just really want to remind people the timeline when um, they came, I guess, when is Islam was birthed in Saudi Arabia and, and the timeline. So when sure. did the story of the Quran, how does that fit into the biblical timeline? Absolutely. Very good question, brother, because a lot of people think that uh, Islam was there before Christianity. Believe it or not, I've heard that in uh, liberal churches all the time. Sir, you have no respect for Muhammad. You have no respect for Islam. They've been there for many, many years before Christianity. No. Wow. Muhammad was born. Muhammad was born 570 AD. Uh, he claimed to be a prophet at 610. And uh, for a good 13 years, he lived in Mecca, uh, uh, worshiping his black stone as he continued to worship it before for 40 years from child time until he came to be a prophet. He never stopped worshiping the black stone. He continued to worship the black stone until he died. But for 13 years, he claimed to be a prophet and he made up all the stories of the Quran in a poetry form, which obviously taken from the Bible and other sources. But he did not birth Islam yet. Why? Because Islam did not begin. And the calendar of the Muslim did not begin until Muhammad immigrated from Mecca to Medina, roughly around uh, 623. And Muhammad died at the age of 63 uh, uh, when he returned back to Mecca 10 years later. So the birth of Islam did not begin when Muhammad uh, was born or when Muhammad claimed to be a prophet, not even 5, 10, or, but 13 years later. That is when Muhammad became a militant and he started raiding, uh, raiding caravan, killing men, stealing the, uh, the, uh, the spoil for, and raping the wife and the daughter. And he had a large number of followers, which gained up to up 10,000 men by the time he came back to uh, the city of Mecca, mm -hmm. uh, eight years after immigration. So that's where the, um, the journey to Mecca is followed by um, Muslims. Is that correct? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so uh, uh, I really would like to get to the, uh, the important things. Is here is the truth. We told you the lie, and here's the truth. We're going to prove to you more lies as we continue. Uh, 
Uh, if you don't mind, brother, can you go with me to Genesis 22 and let's read the true biblical account. What happened uh, in the test of Abraham? Notice we're saying the test to Abraham, not to anybody else after Abraham. Because you could not find anywhere in the Bible, or you could not find anywhere in the Quran, that the, that the sons of Isaac were really settled that it was Isaac. We're going to prove it from what we're going to be reading from Genesis 22. But there is nowhere in the Bible that Isaac's son, Jacob, offer a sacrifice once a year to remember what his father went through. Not once. Uh, you will never find in the Quran that anybody offers sacrifice once a year in that specific date from the days of Abraham until the days of Muhammad. As a matter of fact, nothing in the Saudi Arabia land have any tie with Abraham or any sacrifices. The Arabs were sent away. They were not followers of any belief. As we see in Muhammad, there are plenty of them who were either worshippers. 360 gods wow. were there in the Kaaba, wow. in the heart of Mecca. So, uh, if you don't mind, read, read for us uh, maybe just uh, the first two verses. Okay, Genesis, Genesis 22. Genesis yes, 22. Now, it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. Notice here, it was not a dream. It was not a vision. It was like God speaking to Abraham, like God spoke to Moses, like God, God speaking to Abraham, like a man speaking to a man. And notice he said, what? Your son, your only son. Why? Because you need to read what came before that, because he already sent away uh, uh, all the concubines and all the children of Abraham is, Ishmael is already bye-bye. Ishmael went bye-bye uh, with his mama as he gets lost in Beersheba, and then he went to Egypt. So it is only Abraham and his son. What's his name? Oh, his, no, Isaac. We know for sure. It's not a guess. We don't mm. see a Jewish theologian or Christian theologian, oh, they disagree. Some say Isaac, some say somebody else. No, we know for sure it's Isaac. Now, let's move on uh, to verse 6, verse Genesis 22.6. So, by the way, Usama, I believe that is fascinating because it really says your only son. And, of course, we know Abraham had more children, but because Isaac is the child of the promise, that sure. they, he's, God the, singles him out here. Exactly. It's a test to Abraham concerning the promised son. Yes. Not any other son. Abraham could kill one or ten or twenty of other children. Okay, but it is concerning the son which God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you in it. And the test has come perfectly with mm. the son, whose name is Isaac. Wow. So, so verse 6, is that what you want me to read? Yes, please. Okay, mm -hmm. and Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. This is a picture of the cross. Mm. The son is carrying the cross. Wow. And he's going up to be crucified. Believe it or not, the belief in, in, in many of these uh, uh, Christian theologians, that's the same place where Jesus was crucified, in the top of the same area, yep. same land, same spot. So what did, Abraham, what, what did Ishmael, uh, uh, Isaac said to his father in the following verse, verse 7, goes against everything we have read, in the Quranic account or Quranic story in chapter 37. Let's read carefully. What did Isaac told his father in verse 7? So Isaac spoke to his father, Abraham, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Look, the fire and the wood, 
But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Can you imagine with me? In the Quran, we read, my son, I see in my dream, it starts with Abraham. I'm slaughtering you. Oh, dad, do whatever you feel like. You will find me a good boy. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. Go ahead. Slaughter me. No. Dad, I see the fire. <laughs> I'm carrying the wood. <laughs> and I see the knife in your hand. We're missing something here, Dad. <laughs> We're missing what? We're missing the land for the sacrifice, the yeah. burnt offering. Yeah. What are we going to We're going to offer nothing? We'll just make the trip for three days, go up and come down for nothing? And then what Abraham said, verse 8. Yep, Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of oh. them walked on together. God provide for himself yep. the sacrifice, my son. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we know that as we continue with the, with the story, that literally um, he put him on the wood and he tied his hand. He was about to, to slaughter him. And the voice came from heaven and said, do not do anything wrong. Now I know that you fear me and you did not... Uh, uh, hold your only son from me. But guess what we read in verse 13? 13 says, Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering in the place of his son. Amen. But I thought Abraham said that God will provide the lamb and now we read that he got a ram. What is the difference between a lamb and a ram? They're both a male sheep. One mm-hmm. is a little one, not old. The other one is an old with two horns. God will provide himself the lamb, but God did not provide the lamb there because God provided a ram there. Where do we learn about God provide a lamb? The lamb Let's of go God. go to the book of John, the book of John, chapter 1. And verse 29. Yeah. That is the fulfillment of the biblical uh, picture, which we'll read here in Genesis 22. John chapter 1 and verse 29. Yeah, when John the Baptist testified about Jesus, at verse 29 says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God provided himself. Jesus mm-hmm. is God Almighty himself who became a lamb to die for our sins. Wow. This is what is missing in Islam. Yep. They've been offering sacrifices for the last 1,400 years. And I say wrong sacrifices for the wrong reason. Wow. People ask, why Muslims offer sacrifice every year? Oh, to feed the poor. Excuse me, what? Is the sacrifice for the purpose of feeding the poor? Did Isaac and, and Abraham, when they offered the sacrifice, the ram, and then you continue with the teachings of the Old Testament with the thousands of sacrifices, which is burnt offering, was it to be used to feed the poor? Or mm-hmm. it's a picture for the Lamb of God, our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, who will come to fulfill all the prophecies which were written about him in the Old Testament to bring salvation to all mankind. I will bless you, God said to Abraham, and in thy seed, singular seed, not seeds, just one seed, mm-hmm. I will bless the whole world. What mm-hmm. seed is talking about? The God, the Father, when he talks to Abraham, he's talking about his son, Jesus Christ, who will carry away the sin of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, and here's the one thing very important. When Muslims offer sacrifice, do you know what kind of, what is the best sacrifice a Muslim can offer on that great festival every year? What is the best thing you can offer? Can you give me a guess? A guess? Yeah, a guess. Uh, what do you offer? 
what kind of animal do you offer? Boy, I don't know. Um, uh, a lion. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, if they can find a lion to catch you, but they, the best thing Muslims offer in that day is camel meat. So they get a big camel because camel have a lots of meat and you can feed lots of it. So if you're rich and you're blessed, you got lots of money, you offer a camel. Let's read what the Bible said about camels. Let's go to the book of, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7 and verse 14. Okay. Deuteronomy, chapter 7 and verse 14. Okay, verse 14, here we are. It says, You shall be blessed above all peoples. There will be no sterile male or infertile female among you, or no, no, among no, no. your cattle. Uh, we're reading the wrong book. Deuteronomy, chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 14, verse 7. Okay, I, I went number. to... I, I, my fault, it's my fault. I went to 7. So we're, we're reading verse 7 in chapter 14. Yes, please. However, you are not to eat these among the ones that chew the cud or among those that have the hoof divided in two, the camel, the rabbit, the rock hyrex and for 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 though <laughs> they read, the what first is it name you read the brother the first thing you read which it is not lawful the for camel jewish people is a camel yeah. and that is the best thing muslims offer on that festival day uh, you know when we talk about halal and haram food lawful and unlawful food muslims make a big deal about not eating the pork and by the way which in verse 8 we read you should not eat pork. As you see, in the, the first name of the animals is mentioned is the swine, which is the pork, the pigs, okay? So, but why in the world? Muslim offering the wrong sacrifice, unclean animal. Wow. Because they do not know. They think the only, as it's, it's written in the Quran, three times in the Quran, Allah mentioned you don't eat pork. You don't eat a swine meat. Mm. But if you read these verses carefully, you find Allah said you don't eat swine meat, you don't eat uh, animals which was died by itself, you did not, you just found it in the morning it's dead, so you don't eat it, you don't eat animals was hit by other animals uh, by, you know, by, killed by other animals, or you don't eat animals offered to any other name of any other god, you only eat the animals offered to Allah, and that's why Muslims in America make a big deal about eating halal food, but if you read these three verses which is repeated in the Quran, you find there is exceptions there because Allah said, except if you are compelled. What do you mean? If that's the only food that's available. Animals with the, with, it die by itself. The blood is still in it. Animals which killed by other animals or animals, a pig, a pork, you can eat it. Under two conditions, Allah said in the Quran, you cannot return to it and you cannot enjoy it. So you fill your dish one time, you're going to eat it and pretend you don't like it. Huh. And in that case, it is lawful for Muslims to eat swine meat. Wow. But let's go back to the sacrifice. What Muslim offer? Camel. What does the Bible say about camel? It's unlawful. Wow. They're offering the wrong thing. And they're offering for the wrong reason. Not to feed the poor and the needy. The sacrifice in the Bible, it is for the forgiveness of sin. In the Old Testament, it was for the covering of sin. Yes. But in the New Testament, when Jesus died on the cross, he did not die just for us to cover our sin, but to forgive our sins as far as the east from the west. And sadly, Muslims do not believe in that, even though Allah in the Quran, as we read in Quran chapter 67, he said, and we redeemed him, his son, with a great sacrifice. So redemption mentioned in the Quran, even though Muslims do not know it, and they do not believe in it. So, Usama, by the way, if you just joined us, if you came in late to the podcast, we are speaking with Usama Dakdak with 
the Straight Way Ministries, and we started out talking about the annual sacrifice, the festival last week that took place that um, Muslims from around the world take part in. And could I don't could you please tell the name of that festival again, Usama? Okay. It's called Eid al-Adha. Al-Adha. When Yadha means to sacrifice, so the sacrifice festival. Okay. Now, a lot of people know about Ramadan, of course, but this sure. is this is one that I wasn't familiar with, and I would think that most Christians are not familiar with it as well, but they it's, do it every year, huh? Sure, brother. This is a golden opportunity to minister to the Muslims. Wow. And and ask the question, make them think, why are you offering animals? Why are you killing animals? And if they tell you, Ishmael, just take the chance uh, to take the opportunity and say, hey, the Quran did not say Ishmael. Your Muslim scholars disagree about it. And here's the biblical account. And it was a test. It was a test from to Abraham, not to any son, but to the promised son. And you can share the truth of the gospel with them because that is the foundation of why Jesus come, came to this world and he died on the cross to bring salvation, to bring, to fulfill the promise which God gave to Abraham way, way, way then before Abraham had any children at all. We've got just two minutes left in this segment. Usama, is there something you can uh, just uh, sum up for us before we go to our break? Well, uh, it is very important to know that there are plenty of people in America who think they love the Muslim people. And sadly, they think when we do ministries like today and covering this material and that we're not really loving the Muslim people, we're really mocking Islam. We're, we're, this is not how Christians ought to live. No, 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 my friends. We love Muslim people for Jesus. We love them for their eternity in heaven. Sadly, other people, and I know this is a problem all over this country, especially with liberal churches, who think by giving Muslims food, by giving Muslims uh, uh, language, you teach them English as a second language, especially those who are coming to America from all over the Muslim world, uh, by giving them clothes or gives them medicine, gives them the stuff that means he loves them, but they never gives them Jesus. I'm mm. sorry. The Bible said, a glass of cold water in my name. Mm. Whatever you give Muslims, if it is not in Jesus' name, it is waste. And I say it again, it's, it's waste. Muslims will not come to become a Christian. They will not leave Islam and be a born-again Christian by loving them, by giving them anything except by giving them Jesus Christ alone. Salvation is given to us on the cross, and we are commanded by Jesus to share the, the love of Christ with everyone we meet with, obviously Muslims, because Jesus died on the cross for the Muslims as much as he died on the cross for you and I. Amen. So let us learn more about Islam. Let us share the truth of the gospel with the Muslims before there will be a time in America will be illegal for you to uh, uh, minister to the Muslims and share the gospel mm. with them. Mm, thank you, Sama. That may be coming. And I like the point that you made. Whatever we do in Jesus' name is not just giving someone food or water, but it's actually sharing the truth that can save them eternally. We'll be right back. A lot more with Usama Dakdok on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. We're back with Usama Dakdok, founder of the Straight Way of Grace Ministry. If, uh, he likes to travel, from what I understand. If you'd like to have him come and speak at your church, you can get a hold of him on his website. And uh, we appreciate his time today. And it's a very important topic because we don't dive into the theological issues like Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael mm -hmm. contrasting mm -hmm. the two. But right now, Usama, since we talked about Isaac and Ishmael quite a bit, which is fascinating to me, where they lived, 
um, what the Bible says compared to what the Quran teaches. What about the contrast, the obvious contrast, and very important, um, is it correct that Muslims don't consider don't consider that Jesus actually died on the cross, but yet they believe he was a good teacher and a prophet? <laughs> uh, this is a big lie. Muslims actually been lied to by themselves uh, or by their leaders, and many of them believe it. If you talk to Muslims in America, and that's what happened when liberals talk to Muslims, and they just tell them, we believe in Jesus. He is a, a good teacher. He is a good man, and he is a good prophet. He's one of the top uh, five important prophets in Islam. And you cannot be a Muslim unless you believe in Jesus. You cannot be a Muslim unless you believe in the gospel. Hmm. And if you leave it there, we lose and Muslims lose. Why? Yep. We lose a golden opportunity to share the true gospel with them, and Muslims will lose their eternity, and they will literally spend eternity in hell because they rejected salvation, the message of the true message of the gospel, hmm. the good news of Jesus. Now, if you if you want to be a little bit smarter and use this opportunity uh, to minister Muslim people, as what do you mean by what you say? It doesn't matter if they're talking about Jesus or talking about anything else. Ask questions. So when, when Muslims say, we believe in Jesus is a good teacher, just simply ask the question. What do you mean he's a good teacher? What do you know about his teachings which make you believe that he's a good teacher? Trust me, even Muslim imams are not going to be ready to answer this question because they have no clue what Jesus taught. So, so, so well, you know, he, he was a good teacher, okay? You don't know anything Jesus taught. Let me share with you something Jesus taught. In John fourteen six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me, no one comes to the Father except through me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Muslims say, I suffer for law, I seek refuge of Allah. You have sin. Why? Because Muhammad is the way for them to make it to paradise. And there is no Father. Hmm. What do you mean no one goes to the Father except through me when Jesus does not have a Father? He's not the Son of God. He's not. So that's a good teacher. So now we say, oh, I'm sorry. So you really don't believe in Jesus as a good teacher. Because when I share with you, that one teaching or the rest of the red words in the Bible, Jesus' teaching, you will always say, trust me, they always say, no, that's not true, no, that's not true, no, that's not true. Now, so Jesus is not a good teacher. He's actually a bad teacher. What about a good man? Why do you believe Jesus is a good man? Well, the Muslims actually do not have an answer for that either. Why? Because they just memorize the sentence and they repeat it and they love to hear it. And what about Jesus which makes you to believe that he is a good man? Well, he performed miracles. Okay, so many other people perform miracles. Oh, what about that? When Jesus forgave sins, would you consider him to be a good man for forgiving sins? Hmm. Or when Jesus accepted the worship of others, does this make him a good man to you? And you can share these passages from the Bible. And the Muslim will say, Astaghfirullah, I seek forgiveness of Allah, I seek mercy, Allah's mercy. Why? Because that is a blaspheming. Jesus never forgives sins. Jesus never accepted worship. Jesus never did this or this or that. Oh, yeah, you mean Jesus is not actually a good man. Jesus is a bad dude. huh? Okay, what about a prophet? Well, you said to me earlier that Jesus is a good prophet. What prophecy did Jesus give which was fulfilled, which he promised? You know for sure he's a good prophet. Because what is a prophet? But a man who prophesied and his prophecy is fulfilled. And he was leading the people, which is the most important test, to worship Jehovah, Yahweh, the God of the Bible, not any other false god. Well, well, he, he's a good prophet because he was a messenger. No, 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 no. A messenger has nothing to do with a good prophet. 
Well, let me share with you, I will tell the Muslim friend, a prophecy Jesus prophesied when he said, the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, mm -hmm. will be given to the Gentiles. They will mock him. They will beat him. They will crucify him. He will die, and he will rise again on the third day. Do you believe that this prophecy is true and it was fulfilled in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Muslim will say again, I sought Allah, I seek refuge from Allah, I seek forgiveness of Allah. This is not true. Why? Because Allah in the Quran taught the Muslims in Quran chapter 4 and verse 156, 157, they did not kill him nor crucify him, but it was made to appear to them. And believe me, my friends, if we just talk about these just simple facts, we will come to the conclusion that Muhammad cannot be a prophet. Islam cannot be true if what we believe about Jesus and what is uh, uh, taught in the scripture, Old Testament prophecies and New Testament fulfillment is true. See, a lot of people say, well, Christians are good and Muslims are good and Jewish are good. This is the three Abrahamic religion, which is a lie from the bottom of hell, not because the Bible did not say it, but because also the Quran did not say it. But Muslims like to say that to make some fake unity between Jews and Christian and Muslims. Hmm. Anyway, but the truth is this. If Christianity is true, which is, according to the prophecies of the Old Testament and the fulfillment of the New Testament, Islam 100% false. Mm -hmm. And if Islam is true, which is not, that means Christianity and Judaism 100% false. They both cannot be right. They both can be wrong. But the chance for Islam and Christianity to be right, it is 100%, 100%, no way it can be fulfilled. Christianity is true, Christ is real, Muhammad is a fake, Muhammad is a liar. Muhammad is true, Islam is true, Christ is a lie, and everything we believe in Christianity is falsehood. And how we know that? By studying the scripture mm -hmm. and by studying what Muslims believe. We have a DVD in our ministry, it's called Muhammad or Christ, who's greater? Wow. I mean, I would love to do this study with you uh, in the future, maybe it'll take us hour or so to cover the major point of it, uh, and uh, it is it is amazing because what Muslims say is not true, not in the Bible, not in Islam concerning Muhammad or Christ. They cannot be uh, uh, both right. One of them is right, and the other one, one hundred percent false. I would love to do that next time. That sounds like a phenomenal uh, a podcast topic, or obviously you got it on DVD already. But I want to go back to something. Yes. You have an article on your website, and you shared that quote uh, from the Quran 4, uh, 157, where they said they did not kill him, meaning Jesus, and they did not crucify him, but it was made to appear to them. And it says a little later on that Allah deceived the Jews. Instead of them killing Jesus, Allah made somebody else look exactly like Jesus, and that is the one who was made to appear to them as if he was Jesus. That's just, it's so deceptive and it's so fascinating to, to I think, probably most of our listeners going, wow, so that's how they get around that. They can believe exactly. some things about Jesus. They know Jesus mm -hmm. is mentioned a lot you know, in, in mm -hmm. the Quran, but yet he did not die. So if, you did, he, if he didn't <laughs> die, he can't be resurrected. And that's where our sure. hope is in, right? Well, yes, but I need to correct a statement you just said. Oh, sure. When you said that Jesus mentions throughout the Quran, and that's one of the lies Muslims also repeat in America. I'm sorry to tell you that Jesus' name was not mentioned once in the Quran. Oh, okay. And nothing, and nothing written about that, that man 
whose name is Isa, is accurate according to the Bible. But in Quran chapter 3, verse 54, Allah said, they deceive, and Allah deceives, and Allah is the best deceiver. That is, give us a 100% assurance that Allah is Satan, because my God is not a deceiver. But Allah, the God of Muhammad, is a deceiver. And why this verse was given, according to the story which you mentioned earlier, the Jewish people deceived Isa, son of Mary, as you want to kill him. But Allah deceived them, and Allah is the best deceiver, so he gives them somebody who look exactly like Isa, son of Mary. Huh. Same height, same voice, same massage, same, I mean, like perfect match to Isa, son of Mary. So instead of they kill Isa, they actually killed that wrong guy, and that's how they believe in the lies, and the Christians in the last 2,000 years believe in that lie that Jesus did die. But in reality, it was not Isa, son of Mary, it was somebody else. And that somebody else looked like Isa. So Allah saved Isa, son of Mary, by this man. By this man. Notice, in Islam, nobody can save anybody else. But somehow, this was thrown out, this doctrine was thrown out in the garbage can, because here we see in the Quran, Allah saved Isa by another man. Why does that man die and serve Isa? If Allah is all power, if Allah is almighty, if Allah can do everything, why can Allah lift up Isa in front of all of them, to the sky, as he claimed that he escaped from the window, from the upper room into the sky. Why he did not do it openly in the middle of the day, 12 o'clock? So they all see that they cannot kill Isa. No, Allah deceived the Jews and Allah deceived the Christians the last 2,000 years by making somebody else to die instead of Jesus. And what's so amazing, how did we know about that? It's because Muhammad said so. Who is Muhammad? Oh, Muhammad is the last prophet, which he's not, which he was not. But... He, who's Muhammad for real? A child molester, a sex offender, a prophet pretender, a womanizer, an adulterer, a thief, a thug, a terrorist. And that is what Allah said about Muhammad in the Quran. And that's what early Muslim uh, historians wrote about Muhammad, like in the hadiths, the saying of Muhammad or the son of Muhammad. Allah used that very simple man to give us the truth that Jesus did not die on the cross. Wow. Excuse me. Allah could not find anybody more decent than that man to tell us 600 or 670 years later about the true story of who did die on the cross. It's sad. Wow. The sad thing is most Muslims think of Muhammad very highly and they know nothing about Muhammad. And we can do another study in the future where I can share with you from the Quran that Muhammad was exactly as I have described him to you in the last minute or two. Well, yeah, well, we know that he was a military leader, and he uh, sanctioned the raiding of, of caravans. They, they seized resources to advance Islam. Is that correct? Sure. That's how Muhammad began. Yep. First, uh, hiding in the cave with few of his followers, and the number grew from 40 men or so to literally 10,000. And that's how he was able to go back to Mecca, invade Mecca, and then create 12 armies. Those are men who love death more than anybody else loves life. Wow. And they were able to invade the Saudi Arabia Peninsula. And obviously, after Muhammad died, they invaded uh, all the North Africa and all the Christian land in the Middle East. Sadly, this was the work of Allah, Satan, who ordered Muhammad and his companions to kill people until they say the Shahada. That's not my words. This is exactly what Muhammad said. I have been commanded by Allah to engage in war with people until they testify to the fact that there is no God except Allah and testify that I am the messenger of Allah. That is when people say the Shahada. So that's how Muhammad started his cult 1400 years ago. And sadly, 
That's how Islam still exists today. For leaving Islam is punishable by death. That is the Sharia according to the word of Allah in the Quran and the teaching of Muhammad in the Hadith. Wow. So much that uh, I think we need to learn and, and remember when it comes to contrasting these two major religions. And uh, it's interesting also, Usama, that uh, Satan is a great counterfeiter, isn't he? Sure. Yeah. For every truth in the Bible, there's counterfeit in the Quran. Yeah. And if you have some logic or some common sense, read these two books side by side. When I translated the Quran, I did everything I can to show uh, the readers who can get my Quran that here in this passage, I put lots of bold statements which come from the Bible. This is a counterfeit of the Bible. And that not only the Quran contradicts the Bible, but here you see in the Quran, the Quran contradicts the Quran. Counterfeit, there's no truth in it. But the truth can be found only in the real thing. And the real thing it is in the Holy Gospel, and it is in the Holy Bible, as we read in our uh, holy books, because obviously this is what is written, this is what God preserved, not what we read in the Quran, which, by the way, Muslims always claim that one pure Quran in Arabic. No, we have today 37 Qurans in the Arabic language, and the differences between them, more than 29,000 words. I mean, you talk about thousands and thousands of words, and that's what we say there is holes in the Quran. The Quran is not holy because it's perfect. No, there's holes in the Quran. That's why we call the Quran a holy book. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. And if you compare that with, you know, all the, the New Testament uh, manuscripts and the Old Testament scrolls and documents that we have that were j just copies that are just so accurate. Thousands. Thousands. Thousands, thousands sure. yep. Well, Usamu ran out of time, but we, we are going to do this again next time and talk more about um, Muhammad and Jesus, and we just appreciate your time today. I, I want to send yeah. you to uh, um, Usama's website, and it is thestraightway.org. God bless you, brother. Thank you so much Thank for you. being with us today. Thank you. I appreciate you keeping in your prayers. And once again, if any church would like to have me to speak, we've got lots of topics. Our ministry is free of charge, so we don't have to, uh, we don't, don't uh, like, it's not a business. It's a 100% ministry. Uh, I am just one call away. We will schedule it, and we'll be able to come to speak in your uh, congregation. Amen. Thank you, Usama. God bless you, brother. Thank Tomorrow, you. Thank uh, you. second time back with us also, Dr. Nathaniel Jensen with uh, Ken Ham's ministry, Answer in Genesis. He's got a phenomenal book out, Dr. Nathaniel does, and we'll talk about that. Uh, pick it up from where we left off last time. And Friday, very important topic because school's starting up again soon. And so many things, including critical race theory, they're being pushed in to the government-run schools. I've got a, someone that really knows about that, and his name is Harold Ustek. He's going to be with us on Friday. Thank you guys so very much. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.